As Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa once said in Captain America Civil War, In my culture, death is not the end. It's more of a stepping off point. And this movie truly is a tribute to the late Chadwick Boseman. Before you dive deep into our spoiler review, I just want to say that director Ryan Coogler has truly poured his heart and soul into the making of this film and into this cinematic masterpiece. Every single person involved with the production of this film truly deserves a huge round of applause and a hug. The more I think about this movie, the more I fall in love with it. And the more I learn about the effort made into making this movie behind the scenes by Ryan Coogler and all the actors involved, it makes me appreciate the film even more so than ever. Which is why I will be attaching an article by Variety magazine where they interviewed director Ryan Coogler, Angela Bassett and Leticia Wright, Kevin Feige and also producer Nate Moore, which actually talks about everything that's behind the scenes of this movie and how they truly cope with the loss of Chadwick and how they had to rewrite the script. And there are still a few subtle references that I still haven't probably mentioned in this spoiler review that you're about to watch. But what I'm trying to say is that go watch this movie not just because it's a beautiful tribute to Chadwick Boseman, but also because it is a testament to director Ryan Coogler and the absolutely behemoth of a task he had to make a movie that not only was a beautiful tribute to Chadwick, but also was a beautiful way of world-building the MCU in a larger way possible. Last but not the least, all I would like to say is this movie was for Chadwick. Chadwick forever. Wakanda forever. Enjoy the review. I'm Sanvid Vaidya. And I'm Ashwat Kumar. And you're listening to us, the Meta Fandom Boys. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Meta Fandom Boys podcast. This is episode seven of the Meta Fandom Boys podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Sanvit Vaidya, joined by my co-host, Ashmit Kumar. And this is a mega episode, ladies and gentlemen. This is our spoiler review of Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, ladies and gentlemen. And I know we, I know it's been a while. I know last episode, I know there's a lot that has happened in October. A lot of crazy MCU news, the She-Hulk finale, Black Adam, a lot has happened. And we have kept, kept up with some of it on YouTube. But I know we have uh, been a little outside world. Uh, I think after our MCU phase by discussion, I think it's been a month or so. But we are back, baby. If you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or TuneIn Radio, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to us if you like what you're listening. You can also follow us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, at MetaFandomBoys, and you can follow me, Sanvid, at Sanvid underscore, underscore Vaidya, and Ashmit at AshmitKumar001. And... Black Panther Wakanda Forever. It's been less than 24 hours for me because I just watched it yesterday. I'm still processing this movie and I know I'm going to watch it again. But this is our spoiler review of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And before we dive deep into spoilers, ladies and gentlemen, we just want to give our non-spoiler thoughts of this film. And Ashmit, you know what? Let's start with you. What was your, What are your non-spoiler thoughts about the movie? 
Well, when I had seen the trailer, like I obviously knew this was going to be an emotional tribute to Chadwick Boseman. I mean, I wanted to see. I was curious to see that how they were going to carry this after his death, because like they had already started out plans for Wakanda Forever, but after Chadwick's death, they had to like change it for all of it. So, hmm. yeah. So going into the theater, I know there was going to be emotional moments, and yes, there were. Like this. Okay, I won't go into spoilers also. So, but there were a few scenes. Other than that, um, and uh, yeah, there was quite some good uh, action scenes. Also, the CGI in itself was good, but not like She Hulk level. I mean, <laughs> would think that they maintain that for the movie. <laughs> but if you had to give my, uh, if I have to give my like overall review, I would say it's not. It's a good uh, attempt. Like. uh after the disaster that was love and thunder i would say that uh, this you know this is something that warms the heart and at the same time gets us excited uh introduces us to new characters a new villain a completely like new city and everything else that is true that is true i ladies and gentlemen i think i said it in my out of theater reaction as well This is a Marvel Cinematic Spectacle, and the thing is, the bar has fallen low for MCU Phase Four, especially after the disaster that is Thor: Love and Thunder. But this is, you know what? I'll say it out loud. This is a top ten MCU movie. This is the thirtieth MCU movie out of Phase One, Two, Three, Four. This is thirty movies in. Phase Five starts next year. But I want to say right now, this is the best MCU Phase Four movie and a top ten, easily in my top ten of the best MCU movies of all time. Tenok Huerta and Letitia Wright take a bow. I mean, Letitia Wright is the heart of this movie. She carries the film. I think the best part about the movies, which they didn't even reveal in the trailers, by the way, was that she was the lead. This is her story. This was her story to step up to the throne, and this is her Black Panther story at the end of the day. Without spoiling anything, we will go into the spoiler review. But this is her story. this was for i think no one knew i mean some people probably did and some people already had guessed that she was the one in the black panther suit when the trailer came out but this is letitia wright's film from start to finish she carried on the shoulders of such a massive film and i think this is the testament to director ryan coogler i actually have written something down and i just want to say this out loud to any single person who hates or doesn't like at least mcu phase 4 i just want to write this i've written this down put aside your personal feelings on marvel movies for a minute and think what it would have been like to shoulder that kind of responsibility for a director like ryan coogler to push through that kind of pain as a friend and an artist and still manage to deliver a film that's exciting emotional entertaining and still powerful that's not even mentioning the fact that there was it was filming during covid and that all the vfx houses are in crisis we can see it through the she hulk vfx right or that the entire world is looking for is looking at ryan coogler to step up and be a leader to deliver a movie that is not only a brilliant tribute to chadwick but also a stepping stone and a world building for the mcu and the wakanda's corner of the mcu and that once again unites communities with a powerful cinematic experience so when you watch wakanda forever for those of you who still haven't had the opportunity to watch wakanda forever show up for marvel show up for the cast show up to honor chadwick this is chadwick boseman's tribute and but also show up for ryan coogler can't think of any other artist in recent memory who was handled a task this big 
and he delivers with grace, humility, and so much love. You got to give it to Ryan Coogler. I actually clapped. I actually clapped when the movie ended because especially when you see Thor Love and Thunder, you see multiverse of madness, crazy expectations. And while we still got some of them, it still didn't live up to our expectations. Whereas Black Panther Wakanda Forever, yes, it has to deliver the massive tribute to Chadwick. But we still got Namor, Talokan, an absolutely world building of a beautiful city under the nation, underground, at least under the ocean, and still a nation mourning with loss, mourning with grief, a mother mourning the loss of her son, a, a sister mourning the loss of a brother. It, it, it all comes together because again, Wakanda is still the most powerful nation in the world. It's not US in the MCU because Wakanda still has vibranium, right? So if any think about it, Wakanda is the strongest nation in the world and it's mourning the loss of its king. And I think in that... US is nothing but a bunch of bullies and crybabies. Exactly. We don't have, uh, we don't have vibranium, now we're going to steal from you. Exactly. Like the oil only, like we don't have, have oil fine with the country. Like, bro. Exactly. So, Giant Kugler had a really, really tough task with this movie. And he delivered. He truly delivered. And the, the bar has fallen low, but this movie was so good, it's top 10 MCU. It's one of the best Phase 4 movies right now. And we will do a Phase 4 ranking in our next episode. But for now, I just want to say, even after I've only seen it once and I will go see it again, please do yourself a favor and go watch this movie if you haven't already. Experience this movie on the biggest screen. Doesn't matter if you're watching it on a small screen as well, but just watch it. Watch it for the performances. Watch it for Shuri, watch it for Leticia Wright, Ryan Coogler, and watch it for the experience and the world building of Wakanda. Perfect CGI, by the way. This CGI was so good. If you remember, I think the first Black Panther, the last battle scene between Killmonger and T'Challa, that scene still had a little bit of bad VFX, but the movie overall was so good that no one cared about it. Whereas over here, I would say almost everything landed. Everything was perfect. Everything landed, in my opinion, I think... VFX, the CGI, the world building of Talokan. Like, we will talk about it in spoiler, in the spoiler review, but just amazing. I I could go on and on about how amazing this movie is. Um, unfortunately, we don't have that time. But yes, if you haven't watched this movie, do yourself a favor, go watch this. And you don't have to be a massive MCU fan. All you need to do is watch the first Black Panther. As long as you know what happened in the first Black Panther, that's it. That's all you need to know. So you know what, ladies and gentlemen, we will now go into the spoiler review. So if you still haven't Before had... uh, we go into the spoiler review, I would like to like uh, ask you also something. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. I would like to talk a little bit about uh, Leticia Wright. Because hmm. like, um, I mean, as a character, Shuri is like amazing. Hmm. All her acting in the movie was amazing. But hmm. her, she herself, like as a person, she has like caused some controversies also as well. I mean, not extra Miller level controversies. But still, I mean, uh, for most people know that uh, during Wakanda Forever shooting, Shisha Wright was going on Twitter and she was commenting against the uh, vaccines. Hmm. She was passing anti-vaccine comments. What do you think about all of this? I see this. I actually wasn't thinking much about it when I was watching the movie because her performance speaks levels. People do have some differing issues. But when you look at the movie overall, I still personally believe that no matter what Letitia Wright has done as a person, her performance in this movie speaks levels. And I think I, I love her performance in this movie so much 
that I'm ready to ignore everything else she's saying. We will see more of Wakanda in the Disney Plus shows and in the MCU overall. But I still feel that no matter what you say about Letitia Wright, I still feel she's amazing in the role. And again, she was a supporting character in the first movie. She truly stepped up. I am very impressed by her in this movie. She truly stepped up in this role. And I think I loved her. I loved her in this role, especially in this movie. She was, I think, the best part about this movie. And we will talk about Angela Bassett, who absolutely deserves an Oscar. But Letitia Wright, I understand the the vaccine controversy, but um, if we can look up, if we can look past it, I think she this was her best performance yet. I could be wrong. She's done better performances in other movies and shows as well. But in my opinion, this is probably her best performance yet. She nailed it. Even the ending, I tore up. I think I cried a little bit. But it was it was amazing. It was emotional, obviously, but there were some shocking developments in the movie as well. and they made sure that shuri was at the center of the film and why her being at the center of the film was important for the overall story of wakanda as a country in just development and why talukan and wakanda's war felt rational as to why it happened so shuri was the main lead and in my opinion it worked there were moments where i was like will it work will it not work but it did and it worked perfectly and i really really loved this movie so yeah So yeah ladies and gentlemen I think we'll we'll go into the spoiler review because we have a lot to discuss we have a lot to discuss it's just it's it's amazing how much this movie has because it's 2 hours and 44 minutes this is the second longest marvel movie the first one is still end game and when you think about it thor love and thunder was 1 hour and 15 minutes i mean the movie was anyways bad but i personally feel they could have done something better with this film probably made it longer same with multiverse of madness multiverse of madness in my opinion was so fast it was very fast paced no scene in the movie was given amount of any amount to breathe everything from the opening scene of defender strange running with america chavez till the very end of him getting the third eye everything happened so quick it's like instead if they would have given every scene to breathe in those 2 hours and 5 minutes and probably given a longer run time just like wakanda forever i personally feel multiverse of madness would have benefited whereas thor love and thunder would still have been a bad movie even if you have given it a few more minutes in my opinion but black panther wakanda forever needed to be 2 hours and 44 minutes and i think there was only one moment in the film where i was like damn this movie is long but overall i think oh very especially for oh some wifi issues ladies and gentlemen but i think overall black panther wakanda forever needed to be 2 hours and 44 minutes to tell namor side of the story i loved that this was also a way of developing his character a lot because namor in the comics and in hopefully in the movies is a full blown anti hero he can turn into a villain and a really menacing one but overall there are days where he can sometimes also become an anti hero and he's been a part of the illuminati you know what i would have also liked to see namor in multiverse of madness especially in the illuminati scene of earth 88 but anyways missed opportunity i'm still happy with what we got even though i wish we could have gotten more so yeah um But yeah ladies and gentlemen I think um we'll I think we'll dive right into spoilers ladies and gentlemen this movie has a lot of spoilers and we'll go through character by character because I don't think we can we have the time to break a 2 hour and 44 minute long movie so you know what we started with shuri let's start with shuri as well spoiler review what did you like about shuri some of your favorite moments of shuri in the film ashmit what would you think about yeah so we obviously we start off the movie with like shuri trying to find a cure and uh, she kind of has this thing called uh, survivor's guilt also na because like she is supposed to be the the mind that uh, run wakanda 
so like she herself not being able to save her brother that guilt stays with her even after one year since his death also she's not able to forget that or she's not able to move on from that to think that she could have like made a cure she could have given it to him on time but wasn't able to so yeah so that was a good introduction to her and uh, the way that uh, you know she still it's a good thing that we didn't like see her going right away into the role of the black panther yeah and she she respected that you know that the chala was the black panther and that it's impossible to replace him and that there, there's no need of for black panther because like wakanda can still be protected and all so and she stayed on in her role she did her best to whatever she could do so that uh, that in itself was a good introduction and then after that uh, she seemed to be like the voice of reason also wherever she can like uh, she obviously tried to save the scientist she instead of like trying to fight with the uh, with nemo she tried to negotiate with him in a peaceful manner and uh, obviously when the father that she was filled with vengeance she wanted to uh, avenge that but in the end she knew that 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 is not who she is and she decided to spare him so yeah shuri is one of the redeeming qualities she has characteristics of uh, ichala in her too yeah which makes her a great black panther exactly i think the funeral scene the way she's praying to bas bas please give me the strength to save my brother and she and an entire team of scientists are trying her best to find the cure to find and manufacture a moment manufacture a replica of the heart shaped herb she's trying to 3d print a replica of the heart shaped herb because killmonger obviously destroyed it in the first movie and she's yeah. trying her best she's trying she's using help with griot she's trying her best to uh, put in the uh, dynamics uh, put in the dna trying to make sure that the heart shape herb could be worked but she misses out and the heartbeat goes flat and her mother comes and says he is with the ancestors now your heart sinks in i was like oh my god and again very smart way of not showing to chala obviously because of chadwick's passing respecting chadwick's decision and making it clear to the audience that it was an unspecified illness they didn't dive deep into what was the illness what caused that illness only the fact that it could have been cured by the heart shaped herb very smart writing this was all ryan coogler by the way very 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 smart writing and then the funeral scene you see that more you see that wall of tchala with all the wakandan writing shuri's crying and she doesn't want to let go of that beautiful tomb but then it goes and then the marvel studios intro was absolutely silent i was that was when i realized oh my god this is a serious movie this is a genuine in, in, in case in case people do not know that uh, if if you see the first black panther movie on star they have the same intro they actually did that after chadwick boseman's passing yeah. so if you go if you go still go on disney plus and you see the first black panther movie that intro is still there So they used that in the second movie also, which uh, a decision which I completely respect. Absolutely, because like in a way that this is this is not a like a movie of Marvel's. This is a movie of Jackman. Exactly, and obviously the one year later, she's still trying her best to uh, find a cure, and she's made more advancements in suit and tech. And you see that she's she's hurting from the inside, and she's trying to isolate herself and just be like, you know what? I'm just gonna focus on doing more work. in my lab she's i'm just going to focus on doing more work in my lab and angela bassett is trying to comfort her i think her scenes with namur were the best because she even she was unable to believe that there is someone in the sea 
who has vibranium under the ocean and i love shuri's story where she's busy talking to her mother when she takes her out for a drive and she says that if i the idea of her burning her funeral clothes which uh, angela bassett tells her to uh, queen ramonda tells her to burn her clothes and she's like i can't burn these clothes and i can't think too much of my brother because if i do it won't be these clothes that i burn it will be the world because she was upset at the world again this is shuri's accepting her five stages of grief this is shuri accepting her five stages of grief just like wanda accepted her five stages of grief in wandavision so i love that she accepted that really well wanda yeah. accepted that really well exactly. so but taking control over damn city my god that was bad but i still love wandavision but yeah coming back to black panther wakanda forever she you you really see shuri struggling and that she really needs an out i think we talk i think we haven't talked about the mit scene where they go, where they found who the scientist is it's riri williams and that scene was i think the one which was the most least most comedic in the entire film the whole movie serious but that one scene of her in being an mit trying to connect with riri williams the scientist, the scientist is in an american equivalent of a wakandan village school exactly <laughs> so good so good the humor landed it was perfect ryan coogler made sure that the humor landed and i think the action sequence at the boston bridge when they are tra- when riri gets her first mark 1 armor shuri is on her bike that entire sequence so well done and i think the best part about shuri is that she is still learning she's still a kid in her head and she has to grow up especially after namor blasts with namor does what blasts the throne room and kills queen ramonda my god that scene of her of him killing queen ramonda was crazy was absolutely crazy um another scene i liked about shuri was her her namor giving a tour of talokan to shuri telling him his back story of how he got his powers very good very very good you get to see this beautiful version of talokan which was very well directed visually thrilling amazing and then she's like okay you know what these people are it was like an introduction of a new kind of species introduction of a new exactly species. and it was done as very well done and i the, the best part was instead of having napur have an atlantis just like aquaman they changed namor's entire back story which i really respect so as to differentiate him from aquaman this guy is different no you know i still haven't seen aquaman <laughs> aquaman is I'm good a, i'm a marvel i'm a marvel boy all understand there's only one movie in the dce that i have seen in the theaters and that is suicide squad and that's because my friend uh, Uh, my friend at that time insisted on taking me and making me watch even though i said bro it has an i'm rating of 6.5 it's like mm-hmm. that's the critics rating will like it or so so i i actually liked it yeah but when i saw the interviews from the people they were like so yeah yeah exactly but, and but yes shuri as a character evolved so much from this movie when she when she talks to namor and realizes his true plan how how he wants to rage war on the earth rest of the surface world you see that she actually realizes how much of a massive threat he is him her coming back saving her coming back and trying to be trying to guard wakanda from namor on ultimately fails because namor is that strong and i think the entire talukan people all the people of talukan are absolutely strong and the way they attack the way they use water as a weapon is also crazy but i think the best part about shuri truly growing up was after queen ramonda's death she realizes that okay she again she's someone who's lost everyone after queen ramonda she truly loses everyone who truly cared about her 
and it's so dark it makes it makes you cry sometimes and it was so very well done and i respect the decision to kill queen ramonda because it adds gravity to shuri's character and asks her to step up to the throne and truly grow up and i did i respect Ch- uh, uh, ryan coogler's decision to do that so obviously she then brainstorms with riri to find a way of, to find a weakness of namor we see her trying her best to finally use the bracelet with namor gave her to find any small particle of the heart shaped herb which was underwater and used by the talokanians and to replicate that and 3d make a 3d printed version of that to make a new heart shaped herb and she succeeds i think the another one scene that was i was not at all expecting was her scene in the ancestral plane when she meets killmonger wow what a way to bring michael b jordan back what a way to bring him back i was like wow and i love how michael b jordan kind of poisons her mind i was i was kind of expecting like are they going to show like a little bit of like uh, chadwick boseman i know that's not possible but like mm-hmm. in the throne i was kind of expecting but when it came to like michael jordan i was like oh yes exactly <laughs> the killmonger scene at the ancestral plane i was also expecting to see a uh, queen ramonda at least if not chadwick but having killmonger there i realized at least at the end of the movie why because killmonger was there to tell because killmonger and shuri are actually not very different because shuri has just gone through the death of her mother she's already lost everyone so she's on that path of vengeance and that is exactly why she personally saw killmonger he she didn't choose killmonger to see him in the ancestral plane which is why when killmonger says little cousin you chose me and she's like i didn't choose you and she's like and then killmonger actually tells her that you thought that the ancestral plane was in real and she's like yeah but and that's when she says that you just thought that by taking the heart shaped herb you'd become powerful but that's not the case you truly see what you really want to do and i love how killmonger actually says that your mother died your mother was this was the first time ever that wakanda protected someone outside of wakanda when was the last time you actually did that before i took the throne when was the last time you did that every single person in every single person who's taken the throne of wakanda is a coward that's what he said and he said that your father that your father was a hypocrite your brother was so noble that he let the man who killed your father live because tchala let zemo live in civil war if you remember uh, but when you think about that that's a good thing because if it runs for zemo then falcon and winter soldier wouldn't have been so much fun exactly fun. exactly and i think what the best part was shuri's arc mirrors tchala's arc because shuri in the end of the day was consumed by vengeance so was tchala that is exactly why tchala decided to join team stark and have that airport battle and fight barnes because he was hell bent on fighting and killing bucky barnes because originally obviously the whole movie everyone thought that he was the one who destroyed and put that bomb in the un and killed tchaka which is exactly why he chased tony and cap all the way to that siberian bunker in civil war and found out that it was all zemo it was all zemo which is why at the end of the day when at the end of the movie when when tchala says vengeance has consumed us and he's like i will not let let it consume me more and that's exactly what shuri says at the end of the battle with namor that vengeance has consumed us both vengeance had consumed namor because when nakia killed one of the blue shade people in when in the place which was guarding uh, shuri and riri that's when uh, namor was like you know what 
Shuri now knows about the beautiful place of Talukan, and if she wanted, she could raise an attack any time. Which is exactly why he decided to attack Wakanda first before Wakanda could attack Talukan. But Wakanda never tried to attack Talukan until Namor was like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm gonna fight these fuckers. That's when everyone was like, oh shit, this guy is so paranoid and he's so afraid that any other country will invade him first that he tries his best to protect his people. He is paranoid because you have to see like the way the way that his uh, ancestors were driven out. When he returned to bury his mother, they could see that how the people who looked like him were being treated. So obviously every, anyone would be paranoid, anyone would be angry and they won't want something that they have created. To be like you, you can see that okay because Wakanda has good defenses that's why that's why it, it was able to defend its resources from US and France but uh, a, a country like this where like all they want is to like live in harmony all Anemor wants is to protect his people so uh, obviously that paranoia is going to be there so uh, there are it like mirrors the two kind of people who are going to be this is like this is when I saw like the uh, Shuri and Anemor's like thinking process my mind went back to X-Men. Like the Shuri is basically like Charles Xavier who wants to work alongside the normal people. And Namor is like Magneto who wants to destroy normal people so that his people could live in harmony. Exactly. That's well, what it is. Very well answered. I, I was not, I, I forgot the X-Men. You're right. That's a great idea. And again, thinking, saying about X-Men, talking about X-Men, Namor is a mutant. Namor is yeah. a mutant. And after that, yeah, I, I heard that line, a mutant. I was like, ooh. ooh. Mutants yes. are coming, mutants are coming, baby. Exactly. Are coming. Very soon. I don't think, until we won't see mutants, I think, until phase six, at least till 2024, 2025. But, I, but we will see them. At least 2025, 2027, they have to come. Kevin Feige has a role to the fans. He was going to bring them. But yes, and again, Shuri realizing Nemo's weakness was his ability to breathe oxygen through his skin. That is exactly why she created a pervo for per vaporation chamber inside the um, Wakandan helicarrier so that to trap him so that he automatically faints and loses his oxygen which is exactly why when right after she realizes her mother's death she becomes she completely is like okay you know what I'm gonna go on attack mode she makes the suit becomes the Black Panther goes into that and again everyone from Jabari land if all the elders all the people decided to relocate after Nemo's attack because they were like oh my god we don't have a black panther this time around no one to protect I really I really enjoyed M'Baku in this movie also like yeah at first he was like a comedy character also then he was the voice of reason I'll actually tell you something so obviously you know that before the movie releases YouTube Instagram has spoilers and all mm. So nothing. So just one day before the uh, movie uh, released, I was like, I want to just watch the trailer once more to mm. like see Kiyacha, to get more hyped up. So mm. I watched the trailer. Okay, I'm now scrolling down to see the actions. And obviously, there's going to be this one person who's going to post something. So yeah. I, but like, I didn't linger, but there's, there was in the thumbnail, there was like a picture of M'Baku and on uh, down it was written M'Baku's death. I'm like, bro. Come on, his first appearance thereafter, I was like, no, why are they killing him? He's like the only funny character left. And at the end, when he didn't, I was like, like, is this a new trend now? Why are they posting fake spoilers? Are they doing it so that when people see it, they're like, dude, why is spoiling it? And then after they watch the movie, they're like, dude, we're sorry. Like, what's going on here? Misdirect. Good misdirect. 
good misdirect but but but, but i am but i am happy that they didn't kill mbappe i mean if they had killed him it would have, the movie would have had a greater impact but i'm glad they didn't kill him because like he's one of the funniest characters in the movie he's yeah. someone who is the voice of reason also in the movie like he was the one who warned chori ki maybe you don't want to do this he nemor uh, something was regarded as a god among his people so by killing him you will invoke more danger upon him so exactly and again winston duke is a funny character to keep around and i love that when Ch- when ramonda dies embaku's like i am now your counsel and she's like why are you counseling me and she, and he actually says that before the charles death he told me that i should be your counsel in case anything happens to queen ramonda and i am here to give you advice and she was like you don't you are not the person to give me advice but embaku genuinely was the voice of reason because even after she became black panther and when she actually proposed the plan of okay you know what we're going to attack namor far away from wakanda somewhere in the middle of the ocean and i've created a perforation chamber we'll attack him from this we'll attack him from that and her plan was great because it worked but embaku actually told them that if we kill namor namor's people every single person in talokan worships namor for for them namor is a god who has lived for 500 years and protected talokan so if anything anything happens to namor they will immediately revolt they will cause a world war because they'll like you killed our leader you killed our god of course we're going to hate you they will hate you for the rest of your life and again the people in talokan there are a lot of people in talokan that entire nation is very dangerous even shuri realized after that too that these people are dangerous there are so many of them and especially and that wasn't her thinking i didn't i shouldn't think that they were dangerous she thought ki matlab that they common citizens i, I mean when you even saw that when uh, like uh, more was shuri's mercy when she was just about to kill, kill uh, him with the spear she could like reflect back and she could put uh, nemor and uh, his people uh, into wakanda's perspective the city what have lost and everything and she could see see the parallels also so it's not like she thought of uh, the city as things and the people as things she thought ki matlab they are, they are just innocent on in all of this now why mm. would i bring upon my wrath exactly to them exactly and Embaku was right he was right that if these people if you rage war on these people it would the rest of the people would revolt against you and Wakanda would still be in danger but still Shuri listened to that but in her head she was like vengeance i'm going to make i'm going to murder him she was literally on that murderous path which is why the third act yes the third act becomes a superhero film at its absolute best but that scene when you see uh when they actually managed to trick namor by using those sonic waves and then you see this massive ship in the middle of the atlantic ocean with shuri in her black panther suits again saying yebambe just like tchala in infinity war it's like they made sure ryan coogler in my opinion made sure that every single thing shuri did and that shuri's arc as a whole mirrors her brother mirrors tchala's arc a very creative and very smart decision so as to keep the mantle of black panther still alive through churi and again that is exactly what the third act became like much better because you see riri williams is amazing suit you see the midnight angel suits everyone fighting for control and the i think the bakandan fight scene in the middle of the ocean was so good i loved it the cgi was great nothing felt short handed nothing felt weird i think the only thing that did feel weird was riri williams new suit it kind of 
in the sun looked a little bit like a toy and i was like okay you know what the cgi could have been just a little bit better just a little bit better but the yeah. first her first suit was amazing the first suit in that boston fight scene was amazing that first suit was very good and yes so shuri finally does become queen right after she decides to spare namor and and after that she can't even get that final like does she become queen does mpo become king yeah neither do i i think i think the issue is that shuri has now decided to become the black panther and she will stay the black panther but she doesn't want the throne i think that's what the movie right. was trying to imply that Love, she if, if they make if they make embaku the king then that will be really cool that, that would be really very cool but i will also say i did kind of want shuri to become queen but i understand and respect her decision that becoming queen is a little too much for her but she is still the black panther this is a this is the first time that a king is not the black panther and the king is and i think embaku and shuri are going to work together and form an alliance of a government and everyone else will work under those two people and whenever someone who is someone who is not a direct descendant of the first black panther yeah again this is the first time that someone is not a direct descendant and i think some people actually complain that why is embaku the king he's amazing and i think they did a great job by putting him in the uh discussion room because he was obviously an outsider in the first movie right this time he now has a when play. when end game when end game was about to be released many people were thinking of like uh, what, what are they going to show like how are they going to do it when people were anticipating that in the end game trailer they will be showing embaku uh, sitting on the uh, wakandan throne because uh, because we saw that he survived as the events of infinity war na? so there was a yeah. possibility that in those five years time because we you know shuri also wasn't there There's mm. possibility that in the, that five-year period, maybe Ambak was the king. Mm, exactly. And we didn't see it. I, they, we didn't see, and I respect Ryan Coogler's decision to keep the story moving forward and not mention the blip. You know what? We'll talk about Nakia. Let's talk about Nakia. Nakia doesn't appear until the first half of the movie. After like the first one hour is over, Nakia we find out is living in Haiti. She's living in Haiti. she will talk we'll get to the mid credit scene but hi she's living in haiti in hiding even in the first movie she was a spy she was a someone who infiltrated other governments silently so she was a spy and of course we'll talk about okoye we'll talk about okoye as well okoye got fired after she was unable to save shuri and riri from the talokanians that was sort of crazy not a corporate job she was fired she was like maybe uh, maybe there's some other word for it i don't know fire doesn't feel like the correct word she's she like was it's stripped a, of like her a, duty stripped yeah. of her duty relieved of her duty relieved of her duty <laughs> yeah. but i i literally was like hey yo she got fired bro what it was yeah, it kind of yeah it kind it kind of may make sense also because the yeah. queen she had like lost her sign at that and she also want to not take story anywhere else so Like she couldn't even think straight now. She was like, "I have lost my daughter now, and it's because of her. She needs someone to place the blame." Exactly. I understand her decision, and also because she she randomly uh, Queen Ramonda also said that you were with your love. I think because again, um, Okoye's husband, uh, the Vikabi, played by Daniel Kaluuya, he's not in this movie, but he's still referenced yeah, by someone who's now outside of Wakanda, but still alive. So she's like, so there, there's a possibility that he was banned. Yeah, exactly. And she was, and Queen Ramonda was like, you still have someone alive. I have lost everyone who I care about, and I don't even know if my daughter's alive. 
So I respect and I understand why she fired Okoye or stripped Okoye of her. And, and I really like 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 she specified in that point when Kelmo took the throne, she pledged her alliance to him, and then Tichalo uh, also forgave her, and that uh, the queen also she didn't think much about it. But I I thought about this point also like wow like the role of the Dora Milaje is to like support the king wherever mm. he is. So like uh, Queen Ramonda can't like put the blame on her, and then Tichala was like she she turned on on the killmonger. Mm. So yeah. I think that was a very like unfair like justification. Same, I understand. And I know that where you're coming from, like Tichala is more than a king, was more than a king to Okoye also. He he was more a friend also. So like how could he like how could she betray him? Exactly. She she had to support the king now at that time. Mm. Exactly, she had to support the king. But the best part was that yes, she got relieved of her duty. But after her mother died, she became a midnight angel. Shuri gave her the midnight angel outfit. So I respect that yeah. now she doesn't need to be Dora Milaje. She's still a part of the kingdom. But now with those midnight angel outfits, they can be a separate military team in Wakanda. Mm-hmm. And I, I, but I, but I agree with Okoye. I'm not a big fan of that too. Yeah, same, same. That suit again—it's apparently from the comics, and I saw the comics as well. And I'll be honest, the comics design is copied right here, but the comics design only is not good. So why would the movie design be that good? But right. the another thing which I was very curious, and I was—I didn't understand why the Midnight Angel suit is just like an Iron Man suit. It has the same Iron Man tech, and I'm like, mm-hmm. is everyone Iron Man now? Because when you think about it, the Iron Heart show is coming in MCU Phase Five next year. But that means that everyone in Wakanda does. If Shuri wants, she could create an Iron Man armor in Wakanda. You, right. like, I knew that was possible, but now it kind of loses the specialness of Tony Stark. You know, it does lose some of that specialness. Right. And I still feel that Iron Heart's design of the suit is much better. But if the Midnight Angel suit can use Iron Man, then I think Shuri can make an Iron Man suit any second inside her, uh, inside Wakanda. So. Again, just a little nitpick, but I understand. I respect that decision. So you know what? Let's talk about Riri Williams, Ironheart. She was the scientist, and again, you know what? We, since we're talking about the scientist, let's talk about the way the Talukanians actually made their first appearance in the movie by taking control of that U.S. ship in the border, right in the middle of the Atlantic border. You see Lake Bell uh, playing a character called Dr. Graham, and they are apparently sending two people down the ocean. to find uh, more wakanda inside the ocean because because again talukanians are also using vibranium because namor was completely covered in vibranium and his spear was also in vibranium so i i, lo- I love that those two people were being put into the ocean dr graham is just like okay you know what we're just going to find some wakandan and we're going to use that uh, wakandan detective device which the scientists made and we're going to find some more vibranium and i love that that scene was i think the most scariest scene because you truly see the power of the talukanians you see how carefully they move none of those two people could actually identify what was going on the lights went off and you're like wait what's going on and then suddenly the first the, uh, the first person his heart rate falls and you're like wait what happened and it was so silent no one could identify that those talukanians were moving in silence and i loved that the first person died and the second lady was like oh my god he's gone he's gone and before she could say anything boom gone the flat her and the entire Her, she just flatlined, and everyone's like, "Wait, what? What's going on?" And then the 
the way they hypnotize the people on the boat to fall into the ocean that sonic sound that sonic siren so cool everyone was just randomly following the ocean and i was like hey yo what the hell and they just randomly fell into the ocean and then they put their uh, sonic things in and when that one general uh, shot the gun in the air and that guy got removed of his hypnotist before he could do anything the blue guy just literally just threw that spear killed the other guy and that and then dr graham was just trying to shoot him but those guys were like we're waterproof bitch and they just continuously that entire scene of them capsizing the boat it's again because she's like wait a minute these guys are not wakandans who are these guys because everything that happened in wakanda every everything that happened regarding vibranium everyone was like only wakanda has access to vibranium no one knew about talokan and i respect nemo's decision to not let anyone know about talokan and he was very clear that if wakanda tells anyone that talokan exists or that i exists wakanda will be the first country that i will wipe off the face of the earth he was very clear he was vicious he was very clear on his ideas and i respect that decision which is why when she actually takes the helicopter up and she's when she's trying to escape nemor comes in out of nowhere he actually spins the whole damn helicopter and throws it into the ocean and you and then there is lightning and you see his shadow so scary so menacing to set the tone of the movie that yeah nemor is someone you do not want to mess with such so well executed i still will say killmonger is a better villain because of his motives but in terms of strength obviously nemor is the strongest and they made it very clear that nemor is stronger than the hulk and if you give him time he could also beat thor which i don't think is going to happen but i mm. think he is stronger than the hulk he is a mutant so he is a very strong mutant living in the ocean i respect that decision so yes let's talk about riri williams she is the scientist and i love how she has that philadelphia accent she's uh, she's helping other people with their mit homework and then suddenly princess shuri comes in and she's like wait she's charging I... also for it so yeah, not exactly like she's not practicing philanthropy or exactly and you know what i just realized mj and ned from no way home were also going to mit we could have had that cameo maybe um maybe they weren't going at that time maybe they were waiting. yeah maybe they were going ah. next year probably possibly maybe they were going next year but it, i just realized they could probably put mj and ned in an in the iron heart show as a small little cameo yeah. they could right right first thing yeah. yeah exactly so again i love how she 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 builds her up the her first suit mark 1 i'm a fan i love how her suit was very different from tony's but instead her isn't a full blown suit her mark 1 is just random gadgets attached to her body all strapped with a velcro instead of an actual metal suit on her head all of that was velcro attached you could you could see the velcro she was actually wearing it on top of a t-shirt she didn't even need the arc reactor she did not have that condition like tony she just randomly put that stark tech and put all of it like a cello tape and then used to need an arc reactor to power the suit now i mean tony exactly. didn't even need the uh, arc reactor after the events of iron man 3 but still yeah you do need an arc reactor suit and all exactly so i respect that decision and she was amazing with that too when the first suit was amazing and there was one moment which reminds you of tony stark was when she was flying too high and you could if you remember uh, the first iron man movie the ice thing problem yeah, yeah. Ice there in the first iron man movie it was because of the ice problem uh, in that it was because of the oxygen exactly so i i love the mirroring grand kugler was very smart in making sure that there is still some similarity to tony stark because again mit was his alma mater so she was blatantly using stark tech so she could have faced that problem but because stark tech has evolved enough that they do, don't face an icing problem 
she only faced the oxygen problem which i respect and i understand and when you think about it because tony learns from his mistakes tony always learns from his mistakes one <laughs> of the best things about tony stark oh my god he always learns from his mistakes but again when she gets captured by um namor at after that bridge scene you realize that she's she actually has some love for movie she references princess leia she talks about that chick from uh, indiana jones and she's like that's some super villain shit he's going to make you wear some really cool outfit and be like princess leia from the original star wars movie but obviously that was not the case but i love the movie references of her and at the end of the day when you realize queen ramonda died to protect riri she died to protect riri she believed in what riri was trying to make and she died to protect riri which is why at the which is why she was even more motivated to make that suit and fight namor she which is why at the third act she was like for the queen for the queen i loved that moment that she was she, and again namor was very clear he was like you know what i won't invade wakanda i just want to kill the scientist and i loved his reasoning that he was like that if the scientist was able to make a device like this to find vibranium then it's already a start that someone someday is eventually going to find out about talokan and this is proof that someone could actually make a device like this which is exactly why i need to make sure that this doesn't happen again i really really love that parallel and that is exactly why she he's like i want to kill the scientist and he almost succeeds if queen ramonda wouldn't have saved shuri riri so i love that shuri and riri now i think in the mc are the two of the smartest women because after tony stark's death these two are the smartest women and to see them both talk to each other interact and find nemo's weakness was so heartwarming so good and you know what let's talk about another massive cameo in the movie after the bit scene with everett k ross martin freeman who didn't have much of a role this time around but he still had a good role he meets contessa valentina allegra de fontaine played by julia louis dreyfus Wow! Like I was since Falcon and Winter Soldier, I have been like uh, confused. Uh, like, what exactly her role is? Like, how does she have so much influence uh, amongst people? Also, like in the Black Widow post-credit scene. Also, so now I learned from this movie that she's actually the director of the CIA. Yeah. And or uh, uh, and so this since uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier and uh, this movie, I have had a chance to see deep. Hmm. So obviously, I have become a huge fan of uh, Julia also, and in the movie also, like I could see some parallels of that character coming yeah. up. Because so yeah, now the when, when I saw her from afar also in the movie also, I was so excited. It's like, oh, nice. Because I, I, I definitely I, did not. I learned that she and Everett Ross were actually married. At yeah, time. they were married and freshly divorced. I was like, bro, what? That it was very smart to have that. I was like, wait, what? She's divorced. He's divorced. nice it was a nice way and again everett k ross is still in good terms with wakanda and he's trying to identify what's going on and um, obviously uh, queen ramonda can't tell him about about talokan right so he he goes on his own quest he's like okay what's really going on and he tries that kimoyo beads which shuri left behind and apparently what she what he didn't know was that val had that bug which is how she found out that he was sharing secret confidential information about the us to wakanda which is why he got arrested i personally yeah, when i saw that scene in itself i was really confused the like, they are searching like literally everything on the bridge they are marking everything how did they miss the beads exactly so giving it like that it was kind of suspicious so when when mm-hmm. it was confirmed that actually they were like yeah exactly exactly I, i it didn't make a lot of sense but i understood what happened and you know what 
having Val, this wasn't just a cameo. She had a little longer role. She was the C- director of the CIA, and you also find out that the government of US was trying to invade Wakanda. And I was like, wait, what? There was this one dialogue which that senator said that I am pre- that the the U the president does want to invade Wakanda. So I was like, bro, why? But anyways, we we'll, I I still like most of her scenes and. So let's talk about Queen Ramonda. We talked more about her, but I think the one scene of hers which was the best, and I think Angela Bassett's best performance in the movie was in the opening after the one year later, and she addresses the UN and says that you think we are weak, you think that because our king is dead, Wakanda as a nation is now weak. And again, because again, after the first movie, there are Wakandan outreaches all across the world, right? Just like there is a US embassy in every country. or an embassy for every other country in every other country so it's like you understand why she's talking like that and that attack scene of the dora milaje when the french soldiers actually attack that outpost in mali such an amazing action sequence you could see that all they need is a spear the dora milaje action sequences in my opinion are still amazing because they're still using spears and everyone's just using a gun and then shuri's new tech is still helping them like fight those guns they, they're using of, spears made of vibranium so yeah they're using spears yeah. made of vibranium and i i really really like that but yeah so i think that we are done with most of our review. we talked about i think every character in tenok uetta i'll still be very honest there was this one scene in the movie where you could see his sympathy you could see where he was coming from and you could also see that he he is consumed by vengeance and i love his back story that back in the 16th century the smallpox epidemic had happened his father was dying and one of his friends somehow swam into the water and found the heart shaped herb inside the water and they all drank that water including Nam- namor's mother and namor and that is why namor got his powers from that um from that heart shaped herb version and that is exactly why he got wings on his feet and pointed ears I like that origin story, and I loved how he got his name when they obviously and, and, and the way that the movie ended. It's the they have clearly here shown us that this is not the end of Namor. Yeah, this Because is definitely not the end of Namor. In the next movies, we can still see that he is he will be slowly bidding his time until he can come up with a plan. Exactly. Because I love not like. Hmm. Exactly, and I love that at the end of the movie, Namora, his cousin, she's like, "Why did you kneel before the Vakandians? Why didn't you surrender?" And he was like, "The Black Panther is the strongest hero of the strongest nation. We waged a war with them. We should have understood." And I was wrong to kill Prince Queen Ramonda. But one more point he made was that when the world, when the U.S. or when any other country comes for Wakanda for its vibranium, and they will come, they will invade. When Wakanda falls apart. when wakandan soldiers are not enough to defend the american soldiers they will look to us because it doesn't have any allies and when they will look to maybe, us maybe maybe mag maybe magneto should have used that strategy when yeah exactly finish then we attack yeah exactly and i love when he said that that is when they will look to us and that is when we, they will need our help and that is when we will charge towards the surface world so i understood that at the end of the day namor still wants a war but he will only ask for a war if a war presents itself so yeah ladies and gentlemen and i still love the fact that you know what let's talk about that post credit scene they have a son everyone's getting kids but i loved that instead of putting the yeah, hulk coming up with a son with charles having like i know that in some way they wanted to show that you know the spirit 
the memory of the child still uh, lives somehow and that's why they introduced his son as a way to like show the audience members that if you want to look a child sportsman's character icon character you can uh, see him in this little boy exactly you could see him in this and the best part was that this was like a subtle recast because when that kid grows up he's still the son of prince Tich- he is the he's the he is that is prince tichala son of king tichala so it's the same name but it's like a subtle recast and maybe if you do a time jump with kang coming he could probably see a new black panther so it was a very smart decision to let chadwick pass a uh, pass away still keep his legacy but still do a subtle recast that doesn't affect the overall story and i love that the, the main reason why they didn't that they revealed the son at the very end was because she because um, nakia didn't want his her son to have the pressure of the throne the pressure that he is going to become king someday i respect that decision and i and what makes that decision even better is that it comes right after shuri finally accepts herself as queen and finally goes to haiti meets nakia and decides to burn those funeral clothes which her mother once told in the opening movie and tells her that she, and finally accepts her grief she finally burns her clothes and i love how the camera shifts to the side of shuri with the sunset and she's crying and we see flashbacks of we see flashbacks of chadwick we see the best moment in this movie it was so heartwarming i teared up in that moment and she she's finally accepted her grief she's finally burning those funeral clothes and she finally accepts her role as the new as the new black panther and that she misses them most but she is going to become queen because people will come and go your loved ones will come and go you will have a lot of problems you will have a lot of issues as a queen as shuri but at the end of the day wakanda forever what a movie just such a beautiful movie i beautiful way to end it and that's when lift me up by rehana plays and such a beautiful way to end the movie and this is where i even i started crying i was like that's the perfect way to end the movie and that is exactly why the post credit scene feels like a continuation rather than a time jump to introduce a new character did you actually listen to the rumors that doctor doom was going to come in this movie there were rumors actually i, I, I was like this this was like the movie in which i seen the trailers only like all the other hot uh, spots and uh, special looks were coming up i was just quoting that and rumors also i didn't hear much about this movie in itself because obviously like I, one thing i've seen about the rumors they're not to be trusted they only build up expectations exactly the movie you see for itself now how it appears exactly. i mean for no way home obviously we had to keep an eye for yeah. the rumors exactly we had to for look out for everything I understand and, uh, it, and even Anna Hype was like really high hand it paid off yeah it paid off but it, it, paid it doesn't mean that it can like pay off for every marvel movie and because after no home everyone start to expecting oh spiderman will come in this now spiderman will come in this now now they are anticipating that the, uh, the that maybe Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield will appear in across the universe hmm spiderman movies exactly and i'm like yeah these rumors they I and mean, some of them are good but most of them they just like hype you up for something that maybe you should not get hype about you should watch it for the substance yeah exactly and that is exactly where we will end our spoiler review ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning into our podcast thank you so much for tuning into our black panther spoiler review